This is the Optimized Podcast, and today I have who I consider a great friend of mine, a long-term customer for sure, my buddy Ivan Valdez. How you doing, bro? Good, bro. Happy to be here. Thank you for 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 coming on, dude. Yeah, I, I, this is sure. this is uh this is new to me, and obviously, I mean, yeah, the first podcast, first one right? I've ever done, yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. we're we're both a little nervous. I yeah. think safe to say. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah there's well, no practice runs to this. It's nah, just we're just just winging it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing sure. to trip off of. But uh, how's your day today? Good, man. Good. This whole day, just kind of thinking, like, all right, gotta, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was too. Though. I was working. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, man, like, do I want to start writing questions down or how should mm-hmm. I? And I was like, no. Nah. I was like, I, th- I think once. You know, once we're yeah, together, we, it yeah. just works out just fine. Yeah, that's normally how it works with us anyways. We kind of just start in. And what I've noticed, too, is like every time you, you swing by the shop, it's like I feel like we we always left off at that same, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, we pick back up. We pick back we up left. on the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the way that I, I, I've met Ivan is pretty much through my detailing, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been detailing from home since 20... 2018 2019 and how how is it exactly that you even got a hold of me so my cousin chris valdez when they had the crossfire he lives in he lived in uh seaside highlands at the time des yeah des. he's your cousin yeah, sexy des yeah oh yeah. or daddy des whatever he has himself as now but i did not know you guys yeah. were related bro that's a trip yeah so i met i messaged him because he was big in the car community that was yeah. like his thing like for everything and uh when i got the truck i was like damn dude like i don't want to take it to like no car wash no none of that stuff i was like where can i get this professionally detailed and i hit him up because he knew a bunch of people and um he was like dude go to my buddy Luis." and i was like all right for sure i was like shoot me like his ad or whatever like everything he's like just look up optimized detailing on instagram that's crazy dude i didn't even like all right I, I don't know why I felt like I've met you before Chris. Yeah. But I guess I've known him for longer than. Damn, yeah. that's, that's, shout out to Chris. Yeah, shout out to Chris for sure. Um, that's crazy, dude. I, I could have yeah. sworn I've known you longer. Or maybe because yeah. I've been around you more. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I feel like with Chris, since he started his own little, like, house cleaning company and stuff like that, you know how he was big on doing that? I mean, wherever you're at, bro, that, it's been a cool minute. Yeah, that that, yeah. that guy gets lost, but I mean, I understand. Yeah. He's oh yeah, he's busy. Dude. I've actually yeah. I've had the chance to actually ha- like um was it my first year when I started the shop. Yeah. Um, there was times where I was slow, and yeah. he would be like, "Dude, I got work." Yeah. And I actually went out to um Palo Alto, I think, with him, and I helped oh, him okay, clean up yeah. like a backyard. So shout out yeah. to you, dude. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. So I got in contact with him. He put me in contact with you, and uh, at first I was like, when he told me, he's like, "Yeah, hit him up," and I hit you up, and I remember you were like, "Oh yeah, bro," like. This is my address. I do it from home just to let you know. Just yeah. drop it off and then come back. Uh, the funny thing, actually, the first time I dropped off my truck with you, uh, the the doors have a sensor to open it. So if you're holding the key and you go, it opens. It's like if you're pressing the button from the inside. Okay. And uh, I remember it was you and Lalo working on it. You guys had it the whole day. And uh, the battery died. Oh, and okay. And you guys didn't know how to put it in neutral. That's right. We had to move it out yeah, of the driveway because yeah. I think we had to get another car out or something yeah. that was in the garage. Yeah, and uh, I remember you guys were like, "Dude, we thought we were gonna have to call a tow truck. Like, <laughs> we didn't know what to do." 
And then yeah, I guess you guys figured it out because you guys went on YouTube. We looked up a yeah. YouTube video. Yeah. There's like a clip in somewhere where the the button is, and it yeah. releases it, and you yeah. put it into neutral. Yeah, Ram, get your shit together. Yeah, that's, that's a sucks. weird setup. Dang, that's yeah. embarrassing, dude. Now that I think about that, yeah. but, but that was funny because like that was like that's what broke the ice with us. It was just kind of like, oh shit, bro. And, like, and I remember cool. you being like hella cool about it too. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't care. I was like, oh, whatever. Like it happens. You know what I mean? But yeah. Luckily, I had gone there in the time that you were like, all right, we just finished. We charge the battery it's good to go and i was like all right first sure. so we did we jumped it is that what we ended up doing yeah yeah i wonder why we had to move it then and not jump it right off the bat uh, oh the car so we had to move it to bring out a car to flip the car around to jump it that's what oh, that's what it was okay. yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. the way it was it's like the cables weren't reaching that's yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's why i not remember yeah that's that was that was funny i mean funny in the sense of like just because you had to go through a whole hassle just to jump a truck to which it normally out. is just like that's, that's not the first or last out. time we've had to do that bro i mean yeah. all these new cars are are weird and finicky yeah it's all the whole electrical stuff you know what i mean yeah it does a lot but. the um i had a buddy of mine uh I used to work with when I was working at the Airbus. Mm -hmm. He was literally in the middle of the parking lot. I was like, what are you doing, bro? Um, he, he has an Accord, uh, Accord just like mine. Okay. But his is like the the version where it doesn't have a like actual shifter. It's the same thing. It's like you press the buttons. Like it has oh, like okay. neutral driver or whatever. You mm -hmm. click them. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, my car just went into parking. It's not getting out of gear. And he was literally in the middle of a, like a, like a cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I was like, man, it sucks to, you know, like the new stuff, like the whole button. So, because literally, same cars, but yeah. his was like a different edition that had that button. Mm -hmm. And supposed to be the better car, but yeah, this dude couldn't get it out of park. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the thing that my dad tells me now. He's like, because my dad's had trucks his whole life, mm -hmm. it was landscaping business. Uh, and I remember I asked him, like, because obviously, I think as a son, your ultimate goal is to, like, give your parents what they gave you in some type of way. Yeah. And my dad's dream car is a Camaro SS or a ZL1, either one of the two. But he likes the new ones, the fifth gen bodies or sixth gens. And uh, but he hates the electrical stuff. And he's like, he's like, that's gonna take a lot to get used to, like yeah. having to go from like, because he has a 2002 F150 V10 Triton, and well, it's all like the really old school stuff. It's all right? analog, yeah. yeah and uh he loves it because anything breaks he fixes it yeah or you know anything happens it's that's easy to crazy fix. yeah, yeah that's one that electronics do play a role where it just yeah. it's it's too um complicated yeah. i guess yeah. for for just like an everyday like weekend warrior mechanic yeah. type of person yeah yeah exactly exactly but you know it's it's the times man everything is going electrical now and wires everywhere yeah the engine bays on cars nowadays yeah. look weird bro there's just yeah. a bunch of there's the engine and there's a bunch yeah. of wires on top yeah but um yeah so that, that that's how me me and you met yeah. and got to know each other mm -hmm. um but like talk to me about like pretty much like growing up are, are you are you were you born in salinas or so i was born in monterey okay chop at the community hospital um my parents lived in san diego before i was born and they moved up here when they came from mexico and uh we lived in seaside when i was born uh in my grandparents garage because they turned it into like a studio okay so we lived there while my dad had like you know saved up money my mom started working doing the whole thing and then they found a house in marina and so we moved to marina when i was in second grade and then from there it just kind of you know 
went on and on as time went on. And uh, pretty much lived in Marina from second grade all the way to the end of high school. And then I spent a year at MPC College. And then uh, I got a job doing septic tanks in San Jose. So you you've been a local, like you've yeah, always been okay. You're for the eighth yeah, Okay, yeah. Right Originally on. born here, raised here, everything. Um, got a job to work excavating septic tanks, like the because it's it's big. It's like at least fifteen feet deep, like in the ground. Yeah, and so you got to excavate a lot. And uh, well, at the time, like you know, the drive from here to San Jose, as much as everybody's like, ah, it's an hour forty five minutes. In the morning, it is. It turns into like two, two, two and a half hours, three hours of a drive. The freaking uh, yeah, I, I I used to take that drive too, um, because I worked at the Airbus and I would, you know, depending on the schedule, sometimes I'll have to do like an early run. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get to Gilroy and uh, what's the town next to Gilroy? Morgan Hill. Morgan Hill is like mm-hmm. it's backed up, dude. Oh, yeah. It's oh, crazy, yeah. like yeah. almost dead stop, and yeah. like the far right lane is just like hauling ass. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think the left lane is like the best the way to best go. Run, but no, nah. go all the way to the right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where that how that goes because it's you're going from two lanes to three to four, but yet there's traffic backed yeah. up. So I wonder if, if that might have to do with the um like the on ramps or something like that because it's weird. Yeah, it's the on ramps for sure. Because when I got out of high school and I turned eighteen, I moved to Hollister. Because mm-hmm. uh, since I got the job doing that, I had a buddy because. Growing up, we did a lot of, like, anything Western industry, horses, cattle, rangers. We knew everybody in the area, like, when it came to that stuff. And I met a buddy through a mutual friend, and he was like, dude, I got this house in Hollister. I need roommates. And I was like, fuck, I'm down. I just got a job, you know, in San Jose doing septic tanks. Like, it's a bit of a shorter drive. Yeah. Turns out it was pretty much the same thing, because, like you said, that traffic, once you get to Morgan Hill... That's You're sitting up. there dead stop. Yeah. And I would leave the house at like five in the morning. And then you're going from Hollister. So you take that highway that's like a one lane, right? To, yeah. And then mm-hmm. you meet up at Gilroy and then it turn, you get onto yeah. the highway. Yeah. You go down to the, uh, I think it's the five or the 152. And that one leads you into the highway. You get off, you know where the uh, garlic store is at? Yeah, literally Gilroy, right there. Yeah. That little light turn. Uh, head out there and then... Uh, they were pretty much the company. No shade. It was a cool experience for sure. Taught me how to drive like mini excavators, bobcats, all that kind of stuff. That was your first job? Uh, no, my first job was actually for the Pebble Beach Company. What'd you do there? I uh, worked at the equestrian center. Took care of horses as a stable hand. So you've always been a cowboy then? Yeah, uh, yeah real life. Yeah, That's cool, dude. Yeah, That's I cool. think I learned how to saddle a horse before I learned how to tie my shoes, believe it or not. Like, yeah, because that's just all we did. You know what? go with my uncles to rodeos and they'd rodeo well charreadas it's obviously you know like in the mexican culture that's like their rodeo yeah, yeah. and um would do that my whole life uh was worked up for the pebble beach company for like two years two and a half years and then got out of there went to go work construction and then once i got out of the construction company i uh went into working with my dad landscaping so we'd get like little jobs here you know side jobs here and there whatever but um, then I met the family that I work for now, which I've been with them for like five years. The, that's the family that had that that issue with the flooding or something like yeah, that. You told yeah. Me about? So when the fires happened, I don't know if you remember the River Road fires. That's right. Well, that whole valley behind us got burned down, mm-hmm. and uh, the ranch was like. So the ranch was here. 
the fires were on this valley, like right on the hillside. And uh, we were right on the edge of it. So when the rains happened, I don't know if you remember, like the fire happened and then we had like a month long. Yeah, just a bunch of rain. Yeah. And then just like full fledged month of rain, like a couple weeks straight. I don't remember you guys were, I can't remember if it was you that showed me that was on the newspaper or someone sent it to me and then you said, that's where I work. Yeah. But uh, I remember seeing it. It was on the California. Yeah. We're headline. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was working at Boot Barn too because that that was like my little like second job in the afternoons. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I got out of there, and that's when the fires were happening. And I hit up my boss, and I was like, hey, is everything good? Like, I see it's getting close to the ranch. And they were like, hey, head over here ASAP. And I was like, okay, cool. Got home, grabbed my boots, grabbed everything that I needed to grab, uh, toe straps, everything, shovels, hitches, everything. And how, like, how many people work at that ranch? So it used to be three of us. Uh, and it went down to just me the last year that we were there. Okay. So I'm their supervisor ranch hand. So, you know, me and her husband, my boss's husband, kind of take care of the entire property itself. It's 15 acres mm-hmm. on a 300-acre cattle ranch. So Th- that's mainly what they live off of then? That's like their mm-hmm. job yeah. in a sense? So my boss's job, she rodeos, she does uh, cutting horses. So anything rodeo related, and she's in charge of like the rodeo queens for Salinas okay. in King City, and then um, obviously they lease like privately lease stalls for different like private horse owners, and then she does lessons. So everything revolves around the horses. So we just got to make sure water troughs are good, stalls are cleaned, horses are fed, all that kind of stuff. So just the the general like, hey, keep these guys running, keep these guys good. And then everything else comes second. So, you know, got to maintain the property, cut grasses, fill in holes, uh, great arenas, everything. And that's just between three of you guys right two. now. Oh, two. Mm-hmm. The lady doesn't. No, my boss, no. Cause just because she's very busy with okay. it. So she does like. The business part of it, I guess. Yeah, she does like the the heart and soul of the business. So she's the one that's like, oh, I have three lessons today. Well, mm-hmm. each lesson's an hour and a half. Yeah. So in throughout three lessons, four lessons, you're looking at the entire day itself. And she gets up six in the morning. By the time I get to work, I get to work at 630 in the morning, start feeding. I'm done in like an hour because it's 56 horses. And, uh, you know, got to check waters, got to grain. Some horses have like special diets, like especially the ones that travel a lot. Mm hmm. Uh, we keep them on a lean diet so they don't gain weight because as they gain weight, they get lazy and then they don't like it. They don't want to do all that. Yeah, they don't want to do all that extra stuff. And uh, so the morning job is the tedious because that's their fuel for the day. Yeah. And then uh, if it's because we're out in the hills of Gonzalez now. So we were on River Road, moved to Gonzalez. So out in the hills, we deal with frost, rattlesnakes, pigs, coyotes everything is it harder working out there now than it was where you guys were oh for sure yeah 100 percent. yeah because out there we are on a well system but the thing with it is is that ranch is so old that we don't know where any of the lines are at so when it frosts over we just have to make sure the main like water troughs don't clog up and uh because then it shoots that ice back into the pipes and then it takes a while for them to like defrost and then start shooting water back out 
Uh, but it's a tedious process, but it's fun. It's it's just one of those jobs that when people ask me if I like what I do, I love what I do. I've done it my whole life. That's what I know how to do. Wouldn't trade it for the world. I'll tell you though, it's not the best paying job. Yeah, I mean, you're. Yeah. you're yeah. I mean, if you love it, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to say that doesn't matter, but it's not your first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, when it comes to that job. Plus, like. Um, I've been with them for five years and I've been the only person to last those five years. They've had help before me, like before they met me. And they're like, yeah, people would come in, work two weeks. So it's a hard job. And it's one of those jobs where you do it because, you know, you have to do it. It's not like they pat you on the back and they're like, hey, good job. It's looking good. You're doing good. Yeah, job. Everyone knows their role. Yeah. yeah. You know your role, your focus, you get it done and that's it. Like, and then do the do the owners have like any kids or, or anyone so that might take over yeah and whoever is watching listening uh some people may know them they're the colson family uh they had a son named preston rest in peace to him he's like my best friend he's the military came home uh had severe ptsd okay uh, and was in a car accident passed away unfortunately this past 2022 oh just recent yeah okay. and um and then they have a daughter named Lena Colson. So they went to Palma and to Notre Dame. And uh, you talk about some badass kids. I mean, Lena has broken her hip from a horse landing on her. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, was on the horse again with a shattered hip. Like, And do, do they work on the ranch? or? Uh, so not on the ranch, but they work in the Western industry. So her daughter works on the ranch like... In like Paso Robles or something like that, and so she works for another guy there. And they rodeo, do the whole thing, but yeah, it's they they have the kids, but she looks at me as like her son now. She's okay. like, you know, you've been with me for so long, you know, we've been through it all, everything, because we have, I mean, fires, mudslides, change of location, rebuilding the brand, renaming the brand, like everything revolved. So you 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 have. And and taking a kind of like a say of yeah what goes around too oh yeah for like sure. they they ask you and see what you yeah. think about that stuff yeah which is nice because I mean and it, like I said in a job like that that's that's a big role because so you don't get patted on the back you don't have a boss that comes and says looks at the job that you're doing especially if you're like fixing fences cleaning stalls like all that stuff you don't have somebody that comes up to you and it's like damn that looks good like good job yeah it's just kind of like hey. That's what I got to do. We're all doing it, yeah. yeah. All right, so so they, they that's cool that they, they let you, you know, have a say in, in some of their work. Yeah. But they're, they're older people, right, the yes. owners? Yes, yeah, yeah. What do you think would happen if, you know, they stopped doing it or, like, do you, you think they might let you, like, hey, have a takeover or be more involved in it or pass it on to you or their kids? Or what do you think would happen? I think at the end of the day, that ranch is going to stay in the family. It's called yeah. C4 Stables because it's four Colsons. Uh, it was their son, their daughter, the my boss, and her husband. But are their other sons also, like, where you think they want to be doing that? Yeah, her. No? well, her daughter went to... Uh, Where's that college? There's a rodeo school. Okay, so she's she's in it. Like, oh yeah, she's she's a horse trainer. Like, okay, that's that's what she does. And um, shout out to Lena, badass. Um, but uh, yeah, I think honestly, I don't think they would pass anything like that onto me. Like just because I'm not, you know, blood. Like, you know, even though like you know I've been there, been there for a while. 
I think especially in the direction that one day I'd like to take a career or a path, I don't think I'd be there forever. What else interests you besides like the whole horse and the cowboy stuff? Like, what what do you mm. see yourself doing, or uh, have? Do you have like a hobby on the side that you like to do, or? Uh, well, I I love anything diesel related. Okay. So diesel trucks, Peterbilts, uh, just your normal daily pickups. I really would like to do a pull truck or a diesel shop to okay. do like mechanic. Yeah, like mechanic work. I like anything with an engine. I love that shit. Ever okay. since I was a little kid, like my mom, I came out the cheapest child out of me and my two sisters. Because uh, literally, my mom's like, "Hey, we'd go to the store, and back in the day, if you know, you know, when the Hot Wheels were like eighty nine cents, yeah, everything cents. was under a dollar back then. Yeah, uh, that's all I would ask for from the store, and um, con eso tenía, con eso, like the Hot Wheels. Yeah, like I wouldn't ask for like the whole bundles. I wouldn't do like one, y con ese. And uh, ever since I was a little kid, anything with an engine and wheels on it, I'm I'm all ears. For I'm, all, I'm all for it. So eventually, I would like to open up like a diesel mechanic shop, and then uh, have like a performing truck, like okay. whether it's a drag truck or a pull, pull truck, truck, and then from there, kind of gain that recognition and then gain sponsorships, all that stuff. But that's like my excuse me. Uh, that's that's kind of my main interest. I mean, besides the whole cowboy thing, because that'll never go away. Yeah. That's like embedded in me. Like there's no, and it sounds corny to say that. Like, I don't like to tell like people like, oh yeah, I'm a cowboy. I'm a cowboy. Cause, I, dude, just looking at you sometimes, like I, um, yeah. I was, I'm able to spot a cowboy like a mile yeah. away, but like yeah. before I even like knew you, knew you, I'm like, okay, this guy's, a cowboy yeah well and that's the thing dude is like a lot of people use that like and no shade to people that do it you know but there's a lot of people that wear boots for a day and they're like you could oh, tell bro cowboy. like i, I like, see some dudes are like it's just corny or they're yeah. doing it for looks because yeah. once if you're like one way i could tell is if their boots are clean like they're not really a fucking cowboy yeah. like there's been times where i don't even see you in boots but just i just tell bro yeah. like i don't yeah. know yeah. maybe it's the beard it's the yeah. the, the, the the hair the yeah. car your yeah. truck like i always see you have like hay in the back or something yeah. <laughs> well i think every time you clean my truck i have like hay or yeah, something yeah there's in the something back. in there yeah um i i could tell you know you don't fake the funk that's for sure yeah and that's the thing like i didn't give myself that title like my boss and their cowboys like they're real like her dad was a cattle rancher back in the day in hollister like big time cattle rancher like all he grew was uh sorry all he raised was uh black angus which is your angus beef yeah and um that's all they did everything well throughout the years working for her she saw how like devoted and committed i was to the to the art form of it because it's truly an art like whenever you're like you see it in person it's not just some like oh it's a nice cool little activity no it's an art like what they do and uh she gave me the title okay like especially after everything she like stamp you like she put a stamp on here like iron that stuff onto you she's like you're, <laughs> you're a cowboy well, yeah i got a brand like yellow yeah, brandy, yeah. that's what it's called brandy uh but uh no she just was kind of like you know she would tell people like oh yeah i have this this helper that helps me and he's he's a real cowboy like you know like when we went through the mudslides dude i mean pulling out horses in knee deep mud is not fucking fun oh, i bet i remember I, we cleaned up your truck after all that stuff had yeah. happened and that was you know for us that was pretty tough so i could only imagine yeah. how you guys were yeah. you know if your truck was that yeah. that freaking filled up with mud yeah. um another thing that, that uh 
I wanted to bring up is like me and Lalo would all, are are always the type to like look at each other and like, dude, like why why is it that people are like this with us or treat us this way? It's like you're one of those people that always would stop by and check up on us, bro. Like yeah. we, I mean, we have a handful of, of people that do that. Shout out mm-hmm. to them. Um, but I think you're the one that did and work consistently. You would always like you know, would be like, dude, like what sometimes we would think like, oh, he's here to book an appointment or something. Like sometimes you just yeah. say, like, Hey, what's going yeah. on? I brought you guys some monster, I brought yeah. you guys some drinks, <laughs> some food, whatever. And it's yeah. like we have a handful of people uh, that do that and like I guess my question is, why, why, like exactly, like? Because I think you guys are just, just a group of people that are real as fuck in a world that, you know, unfortunately is full of people that aren't like that. So I mean, from the first day that I met you guys, you guys were humble as fuck, and you guys were very like, hey, you know, we're cool, good people. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. Like, you guys are very transparent. Okay. People. So you guys are very sociable, very easy to connect with. And just the fact that right off the bat, like, it clicked. You know what I mean? With you That's how I feel, like, too, yeah. dude. Like, when we met in, in yeah. uh, w- yeah. w- well, once you picked up your truck, yeah. Yeah. I think that's when we're like, oh, this dude's really cool. And yeah. I remember, too, when you picked up your truck, and like, oh, that guy's cool. Yeah. Like, I remember his reaction, yeah. like, that guy's cool. That's the yeah. homie. And yeah. ever since it's been like that, and you've been coming to us, like, like I said, yeah. even if you're not bringing your truck and you still swing by. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's because... I think that's a big thing that people need to realize a lot in life is like you got to check up on people that that are there for you that are in your corner because life is it's a trip dude and i think that's why for me like stopping by with you guys one just because i was like i built a relationship with you guys outside of just the business aspect of it so aside from just like the detailing all that yeah. stuff like and it's cool to do that because it shows like hey i'm willing to support through anything and it means a lot bro honestly yeah. like like that c- coming yeah. from, from you it means a lot but in general like people that do that that yeah, for sure. like i said i have a handful yeah. of people that'll come by like hey how are you guys doing you know yeah. sometimes they bring us food sometimes they bring us drinks like I, we're not looking for that but just someone to stop by and and, and say hi to us is like it, it means a lot like being lala would just look at each other and like dude like people fuck with us yeah like yeah. that's the only way I, yeah. I, we could see it and that's like yeah. it's honestly it's very heartwarming like yeah. it, it means tons to us that people yeah. are willing to go out of their way our shop yeah. is not like in the middle of town or where people are always driving by like our shop's yeah. kind of out of the way oh yeah so sure. when people yeah. come here it's like yeah. i don't you know it, it means a lot more it. Yeah. it means a lot more bro honestly and and yeah. thank you for that no but, for sure and, and um i want to talk about like that one time that i saw you and i didn't recognize you like oh, that yeah yeah that was that was a trip so what i mean by that is uh we hadn't seen you in what maybe like two months yeah about like two three months two or three yeah. months and and ivan's usually the one swing by like maybe every other week um say what's up and um he stopped by this one time and i remember i, I was detailing a car and all was here mm-hmm. with me um and you, you you walked in through the door and you had a mask on but I didn't recognize you, bro, like at all. Yeah. And um, Lalo turned around. He's like, "You have a customer." And I was I was close to to this side of the shop, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember yeah. anyone coming in or saying that they yeah. were gonna swing by." Yeah. Um. And then you're like, "Hey, Louise, it's me." And I was like, "What?" Like, I'm yeah. sorry, bro. I don't. I, I told you. I was like, yeah. I, I don't recognize you. Like, who? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then I had my sunglasses on too. So. And then you were like, "It's Ivan," and um. No, that's when I was like, I looked at you and like really yeah. close, and I was like, 
it is eyebrows. You, you know, yeah. you had lost all your hair. You had yeah. no, no eyebrows or anything. No, Could, yeah. Do you mind telling us exactly what what, what it is that yeah. had happened? So in uh, 2021, about like midway through it, I guess to to kind of because every if before I preface this whole thing, I think going back to it will add a lot of context to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, about mid 2021. Uh, I started feeling really shitty, started feeling really depressed, really kind of just out of it, like just wasn't feeling like myself. Even going to the ranch, which I love, uh, I would be there and I would tell my bosses, like I remember I showed up one day and I was like, hey, you know what, like I'm not feeling like myself, so if you guys see me kind of like under the weather or kind of to myself, don't take it personal, it's just me. Months went on, the months went on. About December, I got sick, really sick. And then... uh at first, I was like, ah, whatever. It's just like working on the ranch, you're exposed to so many elements. Whether it's the cold, whether it's the heat, whether it's the hay, dust, dirt, manure, you name it. Yeah. There's everything. And uh, early January 2022, the new year started. Christmas was shitty just because I wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't myself at all. Early 2022 hit, I got even more sick. Uh, and started uh, had a really bad cough and a fever. Started coughing up blood. Started coughing up blood like oh, wow. in chunks. Like yeah. where it was like clotted blood. And um, you know, at first you kind of sit there and you're like, that's ah, fine. It'll, like again, working on the ranch, me being stubborn, raised old school. Like I was like, I don't go away in a couple of days. It'll go. Away that's in a that's of days. pretty hard headed of you, bro. Yeah. If I if I even sneeze yeah. a little bit of blood, yeah. out, I'd be flipping yeah. out. <laughs> well, so you call yeah. me no blood, and you think yeah. it's nothing? Yeah. Like that's 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 crazy. And bro. again, that's just that's just kind of the person in me. Like that's the cowboy mentality. Yeah, that's the, exactly, exactly. Like ever since I was like a kid, I remember my dad always saying, "He's like, oh yeah, you got to push through it until you can't walk, or until you can't pick yourself up to walk to do it." And I was like, "All right, cool." So that's bred into me and um ended up going to the doctor got some blood work done some x-rays and they said they had found uh clumps in my lungs through through the x-rays so they sent me to a specialist which fucked that place because uh because i didn't have my physical covid card they didn't want to do the studies i was during that whole time yeah okay and uh, i was like all right whatever well pretty much got into a fight with them it was urgent and uh from there i pretty much didn't get the studies done decided to wait another day and uh the pain was so bad in my lungs and in my back that i couldn't lay down all the way and i was taking oxycontin narco you name it like the heaviest pain pills i can get i was getting and this do you already prescribe this stuff after that first appointment or yeah after the first appointment that's what they prescribed me and then they prescribed me because they thought it was a lung infection and so they prescribed me all that stuff. And he's like, hey, I want to see you back in, I think he said like a week, six days, something like that. Took the x-rays. They faxed them over to his clinic. And he calls me that same day in the afternoon, which never happens unless it's something urgent. Mm-hmm. Call me. was like, hey, do you mind coming in tomorrow instead, early in the morning? And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. For sure. You know? At that point, you didn't think like anything like oh, it was. Nah, dude, nothing. I mean, you don't think anything of it because you're like, oh, sick. what if he's like, hey, I'm going to up your dose on the medicine or okay. I'm going to do this or or it's this sickness that we think. So maybe stay isolated, stay in your house or it could be COVID. Like, I thought it was COVID. Okay. I was like, maybe it's just like 
one of the symptoms or something. Yeah, like a severe symptom of yeah. COVID. And I was like, all right, whatever. Showed up the next day, and he's like, hey, sat me down. He's like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. He's like, those x-rays did not look good. He's like, about 65% of your lungs are covered in masses. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, there's like clumps of something in your lungs. And I was like, okay. And I was like, so what does that mean? He's like, from what we see through the blood work, your tumor count, which everybody has, everybody has a tumor count in their blood. It's just a matter of like whether it's infected or not. Mine were infected and they thought the tumor markers were at such a high level that it was cancer cells. Okay. And so that's when he sent me to that specialist who didn't do any studies. And uh, at that time, I decided, to, again, being so hard-headed, I was like, I'll go tomorrow to another place. I'll go tomorrow to another place. Spent the weekend at home. Didn't do anything. Monday rolled around, and I was in so much pain that I couldn't sit down and like, lean back. I had to, like, be leaning forward the whole time. And do you think that, that, like, you delaying that is, like, a mental thing of you trying to avoid an answer? Or or what do you think led you to, like, just wait? Because if you're in pain that yeah. bad, like... Yeah. Well, I think what it was was, for me, is, uh, again, being the only person... The ranch revolved around my entire life. Anybody mm. that knows me, anybody that's close to me knows that that ranch was everything. I worked Christmas, New Year's thanksgiving everything so you're just worried about work yeah That's i was just worried about work my damn, financial dude. state like yeah. all that stuff i just got in the truck two years ago so still paying it had the monthly payments didn't want my parents to take that over because they already had to deal with my sisters and all kinds of stuff and they had enough on their plate i feel you bro it, yeah. and it sucks that i think it's a mexican thing too like For we sure. always avoid going to the doctors because it's going to mess with our work or yeah. mess with something that we got going on yeah. Yeah. and we leave our health last which is yeah that oh, no. sucks bro that yeah. we we do that um yeah okay so then sorry then no, no, monday came around uh monday came around my mom was like hey you know what first thing in the morning we're going to nativity if you don't want to go to studies somewhere else they're going to do them there however like they're going to do them because they're going to do them well they did them took more x-rays uh, and the nurse comes in and says, hey, we found cancer cells in your blood. I was like, all right, whatever. And they're like, those those masses in your lungs are tumors. I was like, what do you mean they're tumors? And she's like, yeah, like they're tumors. And I was like, so... And she's like, we think it's tuberculosis, which for the people that know tuberculosis was a sickness way back in the day in the 1800s, 1900s, like affected your lungs and eventually killed you. And uh, it was widely spread. So they isolated me in a room, took some more blood samples, did the whole thing, sent them off to their lab. And then the lady comes in and she's like, hey, the cancer cells are at 150,000. Which for a normal person and someone who doesn't have that, it's about maybe like 10,000 to 5,000. Wow, so 10 times that, 15 times that. 15 times that and... Uh, Clearly, it wasn't something that happened overnight. So it happened from way before. And uh, she's like, we're going to call Good Samaritan, which is the uh, cancer center of South Bay Stanford. Uh, they had an ambulance come pick me up from the hospital. My parents at that time were at home. Like I told them to go home. I was like, there's no point of you guys waiting in this parking lot all day because they're going to have me here all day. Called them, was like, hey, meet me at Good Sam. They're taking me there through the ambulance. 
I'll just meet you guys there. We'll talk it over. Everything. They didn't know exactly what was going on yet. They, they, no. you were the only one that that yeah. knew the news. Okay, yeah. and uh, did that. Decided I uh, Facetimed a couple friends and was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna be around for a while." So, you know, if you see me missing, that's why. Um, and then um, called my boss and was like, "Hey, this is what's going on. I'm not coming back for a while." So. I'll find you guys a helper, find somebody to help you guys out, get through the through the time, at least until I'm back. Because so I thought, okay, they'll send me to the hospital, do some more studies, send me home, say, hey, take this medicine, it's a lung infection, you'll get over it in a couple weeks. Cool. So right when they first broke it down to you that it, you know, it's cancerous or they're tumors, did it hit you or anything? Were you like, fuck, like it's it's bad or were you still like, um, maybe it, it, maybe it's not that severe? You know, it, it it doesn't hit you like you think it does. It's like a process. Uh, I think for me, the hardest thing was, uh, again, work. So my immediate thought through the whole thing was like, ah, we're fine, we're fine. But deep down inside, like, if I'm being completely honest, I was like, I have fucking cancer. I have fucking cancer. And that kept running through my head, and I was like, damn. It's like a subconscious thing that's just there, but you're trying to avoid it, thinking about other stuff. Thinking about other things. And I think that's why, like, I made so many phone calls while I was there, because I was like, I don't want to think about it. Because psyche is, like, firsthand experience, psyche is a big thing. Yeah. Your mental health isn't there, the rest of your body's fucked. And um, that's why I say, like, some people make themselves sick or sicker because Mm -hmm. they're right away focus on the negative yeah. side they they don't they don't um they don't see past it and yeah that's why i say some people get sick like in a because yeah. of their mental yeah. um status i guess right yeah exactly and uh how, so, how, sorry how did your like once you broke it down to your parents like that happened at the other spot yeah so pretty much i didn't want to break i broke it down to my parents when they got to the other hospital because i was like i don't want them to be in a panic mode and then have to be in that panic mode the entire time because again i was like trying to stay positive trying to not think about it and if they come here and i tell them hey they found cancer cells in my blood i didn't want them to be like oh my god oh my god it's this it's that it's you know i just just like all right let's take this calmly let's take this you know at ease and um so he they sent me there uh and this doctor came in and she was like, hey, you know, we got all the paperwork from Natividad. This is what we're looking at. We're going to keep you in the uh, ICU for a day just to monitor your heart levels, everything. Like, take a couple more x-rays. Um, take a couple CT scans, which is when they scan your whole body in the machine. Yeah. It's like a huge x-ray. Put you in, like, in a little tunnel thing, right? Yeah, yeah put yeah. you in a little tunnel. Put some... Uh, it's, there's this medication they put inside you which makes you all hot so it glows runs through your uh through your veins right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and um so that happened and they uh pretty much were like hey we're gonna keep you here and do some studies and i was like okay cool how long dude i was thinking like a week i spent a month in the hospital dang uh i was like all right well how long they would come in twice a day take half a quart of blood out run the studies every day seven in the morning seven in the afternoon i couldn't eat anything couldn't drink anything before they would come in they would take out just a bunch of tubes of blood each one had like a certain cell that they were looking for and then they would take it off come back and they're like okay this is what we found this is what we're looking at and then i met the oncologist there 
which is like the cancer doctor. And once they appoint you a cancer doctor, that's when you're like, fuck. Something's like, like, yeah, like, this is serious. serious. Yeah. And for for that whole month that they were doing the, the, you know, taking blood out of you, like physically and mentally, like how was that for you? Like at first, physically, it's painful. Uh, but then you get used to it. Because every day they would come in with a needle and take blood out, take blood out, take blood out. And uh, your arm, like all this inside, turns purple. Because there's so many needles, so many needles, so many needles. And um, finally they decided that the blood work was enough to do what they call biopsies. Which is like, you're awake the entire time, but it's like a mini surgery. So you're awake and they just shove a tube down your lungs. Shove a long needle and pull tissue out. And that tissue goes off again to their lab where they determine, like, oh, this is what we're looking at. So it's but, more technically more testing? Yeah, more testing. And uh, I went through three of those. And uh, so what it is is pretty much like they send it off. If the tissue has oxygen in it, they're able to read it and tell you this is what it is. But they don't. They can't tell you, like, by law, they can't tell you, hey, you have cancer without getting a positive result back. Which two of them failed the third one failed so what they had to do was do a lung surgery so they go in take a big mass of the tumor out run it through their lab again get the scans and everything and when they did that they sent me again to ICOs and ICU for like another week uh, they hook you up to oxygen they hook you up to this long you know, like a foot and a half two feet long of a tube it's in your lung, but it's draining all, like, the blood out. So it doesn't get clogged up in there or whatever. Okay. And uh, spent a week at ICU, sent me back up to my room where I was at. And then my oncologist comes in. And she's like, hey, the results came back from the surgery. My mom was there, everything. Well, no, actually, sorry, scratch that. My mom wasn't there. Because the visitation hours were from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then from there, they had to go home. Again, the whole COVID thing, nobody could stay with you. So. Yeah. She came in, explained everything to me, told me, like, kind of what was going on. And then uh, she was like, you have testicular cancer. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, so the lung surgery came back. That mass actually worked. And she's like, you have stage four testicular cancer. And I was like, why testicular if you guys found in my lung? Well, it turned into metastasis cancer which is a cancer that travels through your body and finds different sections. To, to stick to. to. Yeah. And so it went from testicular cancer to lung cancer, and that's how they are able to detect it. Uh, but my cancer was super aggressive, so it spread, like, really fast. Yeah, I remember you told me it was, like, stage four? Yeah, stage four, which is the highest stage of cancer. Like, that's, that's right before terminal cancer. And obviously terminal is like, hey, you have six months to live, you have three years to live. So, um, and that after you got that result, that's how long after was it that you came to see us at the shop? Uh, when I came to see you guys at the shop was the, that was after I did my first cycle of chemo. Okay. So it was already a few months and it. Yeah. So I got diagnosed exactly February 2nd at seven o'clock in the morning. So when they told me you have cancer. And then from there, it kind of takes a little bit before they get your medicine all the way down. And then, uh, because obviously they want to give you medicine that they think will help 
or that'll do something to slow down the cancer or to try to attack the cancer cells mm. from spreading even more. And um, they did one cycle at the hospital. That's why I spent a month there because they have to do another week there of chemo. Because my chemo was from 8 in the morning to 5.30 in the afternoon Yeah, every day. Well, five days. Two days they gave me rest days and hydration days. So I pretty much would, which I guess is TMI, but all the liquid that would go in, I'd pee it out. So they had like two liter bags. So it's just you're just intaking liquid at that at that yeah. time. Yeah. No food. No, no food, no nothing, just all liquid. Because you wouldn't want to eat like it would make you like super bloated and like it was it was just it was crazy. And then I came back home. They set me up with the, an oncologist here in Monterey at uh, Pacific Cancer Care, which is a clinic in, in Bryan Ranch. And uh, they set up basis off the medicine that, you know, Good Samaritan sent them for my first cycle. And after that first cycle, uh, we started the cycle here, which that cycle lasted from March until May. Same thing. I would go into the clinic at 8 o'clock in the morning, leave at 5.30 in the afternoon, which is when they would close. So from the time they opened to the time they closed, I was constantly getting chemo done the entire time. So as soon as one bag was done, they'd hook me up to another one. I was like, all right, this is getting old. This fucking sucks. But that's when it started hitting me like, dude, I have fucking cancer. Like, yeah. holy shit. And... um but like I said, it's kind of like a, it doesn't hit you right away. It kind of hits you when you realize, like, damn, like, your life changes in an instant. From one day to the other, you can be the richest person alive with everything in your hand. And as soon as you get news like that, it gets ripped away from you. I bet, I bet, dude. I mean, just... Like, I... I I always think about like the worst shit too because I always try to put myself in like a like a scenario like how would I deal with shit like that and I was just like but you can't bro it's something that like I tell people all the time like when people ask me now I'm like don't think about shit like that just think about like what you can do now to avoid stuff like that so you don't have to think about that ever like but then again I always told my mom I was like who would have ever thought, like, you know, like, this is what's going to happen? Um, but I think the thing that helped me out the most out of everything was I never asked why me. I always told myself, I was like, God gave it to me for a reason. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at Stanford, you see four-year-old kids, like, kids that are, like, the age of your daughter. Bro, I took, I, I, I was taking my, I've taken my baby three times to Stanford, and I seen other kids, because she was born with, like, a little um, undeveloped uh, artery in her, in her brain, which led to one of her eyes not being fully developed to where she needs glasses. Um, and whenever I would go, would she like, these kids, bro, where it's, like, it's the saddest stuff ever, and I'm, like, oh, yeah. and I'm, like, sometimes we think we have it back, because I, you yeah. know, like, I cried when she got diagnosed, and I thought yeah. it was, like, the worst thing ever, and I'm, like, dude, like, all these other kids over here that are going through like crazier stuff or just like they're fine like they're they're acting like i don't want to say they're acting but they're yeah they're, they're dealing with yeah. it bro they're coping with it and 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 yeah. um and i think that's that's one of those things that i sat there and i was like you know what like when nurses would ask me they're like so what do you what do you get out of all this 
And I was like, what I got out of all this was that you're a different breed if you go through it. You're a different breed when you get out of it. And you get it for some reason, but at the same time, somebody else doesn't have to go through it. And I think if you put yourself in that perspective, you don't really think of like, should have been this guy. Should have been this guy that fucking raped kids or should have been this guy that murdered somebody. No, you're just like, hey, you see those four-year-old kids going through it, three-year-old kids? I went through it. That kid doesn't have to go through it. You know what I mean? That's, that's, it's yeah. tough, dude. Yeah, it's 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 hard for sure, but I don't know. I just I just look at it from a different perspective, and it gets me through. When when you came, you had already gone through some chemo and stuff yeah. like that. Like honestly, like me me seeing you that way, bro, it it had me really shook. Yeah. Um, it, oh, I remember that day. Like I I remember like I passed out. Bro. Yeah, you passed out. Dude. I passed out. Um, yeah. that day earlier that day we had gotten some news about two kids that had that used to bring their cars to the shop got in an accident and one of them ended up passing so i got that news right in the morning i was like i was like no like yeah like dude like these kids were just here a few days ago yeah. like what the heck and then when when you when i saw you and and what did you even tell me once i you're like hey it's me i and i was like he's sick like i yeah. like there's no yeah. i could i could tell right away um and dude it just it just hit me i just remember talking to you and then i was like yeah. dude i need to sit down yeah and I just yeah. I fell on my knees. I remember yeah. Lalo grabbed me. Or yeah, it was Lalo that picked me yeah. up, and yeah. it it hit me, bro. Like I didn't. I tried to play it off as much as I could that day. Like hey, I'm, like I'm good, but yeah. it had me really shook, bro. Because I was like, yeah. Ivan was just here not that long ago, and he was fine. And like yeah. now I see him, and he's telling me this, and it's like it hits home, bro. Like yeah. literally, like yeah. I was like, fuck it. It happened to him. It happened to me. It could happen to anyone else that i know and, yeah. and it was just even days after that bro like i i yeah. i always kept you in my prayers bro like yeah. i like i told you but i would just think like fuck like it could happen yeah. like it happens yeah. Yeah. to to people and yeah. and that's the thing that we we, we don't keep shit in mind or, mm -hmm. or look into stuff until it hits home mm -hmm. um and that's one of the reasons why i i wanted to have you here and so you could tell your stories because it's like we're not aware of stuff like this mm -hmm. until it's discussed among <clears throat> like friends or, or like i said it hits home mm -hmm. yeah. we 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 are quick to bat an eye when it comes mm -hmm. to shit like this if it's not happening among us, to us yeah so i yeah. i mean that's that's why i want you to be here and tell your story so you could yeah. make it aware tell people about you know i mean not just cancer but what other people could be going through that yeah. they don't even know or, or yeah. how to how to even approach people bro because yeah. like yeah i'm not so good of, of like um how do you say like when someone brings up like a bad situation to me or something like a like a story or, or they're having a hard mm -hmm. time yeah i'm not really good at like dealing with them how do you say like um god like telling them, like hey everything's okay like yeah. I like comforting i'm not good at yeah. comforting bro yeah. but when it came to you telling me that like i it felt easy it felt like yeah maybe because it's you but when it's other people that i don't really know of it's yeah. like i don't know how to deal with it yeah. but like i was like dude like I, he's gonna be okay like 
Like yeah. you, you look in really good hopes too, dude. Yeah. Like I was just thinking, like, fuck, if I was in his shoes, I'd be fucking. I wouldn't know how to go about it. Like the fact that he even drove up here and you know did that, and we're like, hey, dude, I, I got yeah. this. Like, I thought about, I was like, would I have done the same thing? Yeah. I would have probably just yeah. not wanted been wanting yeah. to go out at all, bro. So that's that's yeah. cool that you actually came and and, and mm-hmm. you know you told us about it, and, and I appreciate that, bro. That yeah. that means a lot. That that put I feel like our relationship like an even stronger bond because it was at that point where I was like, fuck, like. Is not just a, a long-term customer or someone that that fucks with us. It's like yeah. this dude went out of his way to tell us about something serious. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thank you for that, bro. Like, yeah, like no, really, for sure, for sure. And I think that's that's one of those things. Like I felt like, you know, for a while, like yeah, I was in the dumps, but uh, I think I was more in the dumps because like when I was going through chemo, they weren't letting me go out. They weren't letting me do anything. So I would just go home and sleep. That's it. Uh, and then. Um, through all the medicine and shit it, it fucks you up like you know they they the chemo that they were giving me has prone side effects of bipolar issues depression and weight loss so it fucks with you like yeah, not every, just physically but like mentally, mentally. like it, it's so if you don't keep your like my bad uh if you don't keep yourself up in that psyche of like positive positive like keep going keep going keep going uh it, it fucks with you for sure and uh every doctor that i talked to like was always like hey it's 50 percent mental 50 percent physical that keeps you at 100 and i was like all right you know cool but uh i think where everything changed for me was uh once my cycles were done of chemo at the clinic um in may uh i was feeling cool i was feeling good June came along, was feeling good, was feeling cool. And then July hit. And in July is when I had my brain surgery. So the cancer had traveled up to my brain and a tumor started. Yeah. Which to me felt like a migraine. I was like, it's a migraine, it's a migraine, it's whatever. Pain got so bad I started vomiting from the pain. Shoot. Couldn't sleep, went like three days without sleeping. Everything was taking every medicine I could. Again, back on the heavy meds, like Oxy, all that stuff. Um, had the brain surgery, was paralyzed from the left side for, I'd say maybe like three months. Fuck, bro, that's that's tough. And that that's shit sucked tough. because I would eat, and this whole side of my face, dude, I, like the food would just fall out because it was like droopy. Yeah. I couldn't drink liquids, none of that stuff. Like everything had to be almost at a solid for me to be able to like intake and through a straw and um so that was hard i think when that hit is when reality hit where i was like fuck like did you feel like it was just getting worse uh at the time obviously you think the worst like you think like fuck like this sucks like it's it's hard but at the same time i was like you know what like this is just part of it like you gotta roll with the punches and um then they did the brain surgery sent me home uh, about two weeks two weeks later through like recovery while i was at home um i went through radiation in august and that's when obviously they target whatever's left of the tumor that they take out they target it with radiation went through radiation got out of that it's cool and because they felt like my cancer was so aggressive 
they assigned me uh, three bone marrow transplants, which is the highest of chemos that you could get. Like, that's, like, the shit, like. And so they kept me at Stanford for three months. That's when I left. Remember how I told you I was going to Yeah, yeah, you're going to be gone for a while. Uh, Left in September. September 27th was the day that I left here. Uh, Got to Stanford. Started the next day. And then uh, after that, uh, we spent until November 22nd at Stanford going through chemo. Uh, And what bone marrow transplants do is they rejuvenate your white blood cells. So it kills off everything in your body, every cell, everything, everything. You're like right now I'm anemic. I want to finish my sleeves, my tattoo sleeves, but I can't until my blood comes back to a normal, normal rate. Um, Makes you anemic, makes you prone to every infection you can think of, diseases, everything. Um, so they keep monitoring you every single day. You got to go to the clinic, get vital sun, get blood work done. And at the time, I had what was called a catheter, chest catheter. So it's like this little long tube, sorry, little long tube that hangs out of your chest, and that's where they draw your blood from. So instead of poking you in the arm, it's already just ready to go. It's just ready to go. And that has to get cleaned once a week. When you shower, you have to cover it. Like, sounds gross, but I couldn't shower like a normal person. Until when I got home in November, and then they took it out. Because since it's an open wound, if it causes an infection, especially with my immune system at where it was at, which was zero, uh, they're like, if you get an infection, you could die. You get a cold, you could die. You get a fever, immediately to the hospital. Damn. No questions asked. All right. Uh, so were you pretty se- like secluded that whole time? Like, oh, yeah. Just yeah, in your yeah. room, hey, yeah. you know, just at the door that's it type of thing yeah and then even that like they uh they kept us at a local housing at stanford so there was no like coming home there was no none of that stuff like we stayed out there and that was it and then so we went through three of those by the third one i felt good like i started like you know i was like all right cool 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 like feeling better like physically or physically because what happens is like since it pretty much drains you of everything you feel super weak you don't feel like doing anything like the first transplant hit me hard like i went through hypothermia the first one because my body wasn't used to the medicine and so your body's like yo what the fuck's going on like this is this is crazy uh but you go through all that shit and honestly dude honestly i could say being at stanford opened up my eyes to a lot of shit because you see a lot of shit you see people going through similar things as you. I met a dude that came from India who on his birthday got diagnosed with leukemia. Got diagnosed with leukemia, had to leave India for a six-month treatment at Stanford. Left home, left his family, left everything, just came with his wife. That's crazy that we, we don't keep in mind how important and big Stanford is because we're just so close yeah. to it. But, it, I mean, mm-hmm. that dude came from India. Yeah. That's, that's he crazy. He literally was like, I wanted the best of the best, and this is where I came. So he's like, you're lucky you're here. And uh, shout out to that guy because he was a fucking, he was a trooper. He was like, so where are you from? And I told him, and he's like, oh, so you're close to home. I was like, yeah, kind of. And it made me feel bad because, like, I would complain about being far away from home. And this guy's, like, on the other side of the world. And um, I remember he was super cool, super chill dude. And he was like, oh, I'll pray for you. Like, I'll do all that stuff. And um, 
it just kind of opens up your eyes to be like, damn, like we're not the only ones going through hard times. Like hard times are everywhere for everybody and everything. All the time, dude. Like that yeah. that stuff doesn't stop. It's like we're us right here yeah. chilling doing the podcast and yeah. there's people right there at the hospital right now that are fighting for their lives that yeah. you know, we, we like I said, it's it's not it's not that we bet an eye sometimes, it's just like we're living in our own world and we're stuck in our own world. Yeah. We 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 kinda Yeah. yeah how do you say like narrow our, our our tunnel yeah our vision yeah. to like only this much when there's mm-hmm. so much going on behind closed doors yeah and that's kind of one of the things that you know my mom tells me all the time she's like hey whenever you're feeling down which everybody does i mean you there's days where as positive as i want to be there's days where that you know gray cloud comes over your head and you're like fuck dude like i'm in the dumps today i don't feel like doing anything but um being blessed and being home like is a big fucking thing for me like now like you take it you know you take advantage of it but i think it uh you come to realization once you're far away from home how much you're blessed just to wake up definitely how you're blessed to wake up in your own bed walk see fucking use your own fucking toilet like yeah we don't (laughs) we don't keep all those little like a what some people consider essentials in mind is like not everyone has that bro like me mm-hmm. i pay attention to all that stuff um i used to be very materialistic i feel but now it, like especially when i go to mexico bro i i like going to mexico and see like how people live out there like they live yeah uh, poor i guess yeah. in, in a sense but it's like it shows you that you don't need all this shit that we have dude no man that's the thing like for me like again and that we have it easy yeah and we have it easy too exactly like i my mom is like a big advocate on like helping out in mexico and whatever she can like every time we go she has to take my aunts my cousins everybody something like something small whether it's clothes whether it's like kitchen utensils shoes boots like whatever it is like if she can take it she's gonna take it like there was times where like she was like, fuck a flight. We'll just drive there, but we'll, like, pack as much stuff as we can. For just to go Because ahead, it's yeah. like, they're on the bare minimum, and we're out here enjoying fucking running water, plumbing, a grocery store being right down the street with everything we need. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we don't have much. Fucking spending 30 bucks on a t-shirt, because, you know, why not? It's like, it's hard, and... You know, all that stuff, like, I can't complain. I mean, I think all of us kind of like those, like, guilty pleasures of, like, we oh, do, shit, bro. like, I want these shoes because, like, they're fucking badass. Like, I'm spend two, like, bills on them. What, yeah, we don't keep in mind that, you know, there's yeah. people that they live off two bills for a whole month or yeah, yeah. even more than that, bro. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things where I think we we have it hard for sure. I mean, there's don't get me wrong. Everybody goes through their shit, and everybody goes through tough times. Everybody has hard issues they're dealing with. Some people could get hours cut from their job, and they're struggling. I think that's the or some people think you know fucking their phone died. That's the end of the world type of thing. Um, so once once you got your, your your surgery and you had your what was it your second um um what did you say it was once i went through radiation the radiation there it goes so after radiation i went through the bone marrow transplants uh and then uh 
after the bone marrow transplants is when they sent me home for good like that's present time now that's why I'm is here. that did they tell you like you're good good in general overall mm. or what was it no uh because i went from stage four to remission remission is kind of just keeping an eye on it it's pretty much asleep would be like the basic term to call it like your cancer isn't spreading it's not doing anything it's asleep uh, my tumors were less than a centimeter big, which means no more surgery, no more chemo, no none of that stuff. That could all uh, be taken care of through like just staying healthy, exercising, okay. all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that's a big thing on why I'm in the gym so much now. Not necessarily just because of my health, but it's just like a lifestyle now. Like I'm in that bitch every single day, two hours in the morning. One, because I love it, and two, because if it benefits me in any type of way and you love it, why not do it? You know what I mean? And after going through, in total, 2022, I went through six surgeries, eight cycles of chemo, one cycle of radiation, and three bone marrow transplants. So it was just back-to-back shit, back-to-back shit. And um, I think as the year wrapped up, you kind of sit there and... You take stuff in and the year kind of like unfolds itself and you kind of look at those pictures and you're like, okay, what do I want for 2023? You took a step back and, and saw, saw. Yeah. And so like I recently, which I, I don't think it's a big thing in like the Hispanic community to like, I'm going to go get a therapist. Well, I went and got a fucking therapist because I was like, that's I good. Haven't, I haven't completely taken in the fact that like I've fought for my life all of 2022 definitely bro that's that's something very serious that like i say is it wasn't just a physical thing but it's a mental thing that's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna stay with you bro like for oh, the forever. you know yeah. not not in a bad way but it's always gonna be that you, mm-hmm. that you went through that yeah. you know you yeah. you almost lost your life yeah. you know yeah. it, it was something really serious yeah. that is gonna stay with you um yeah. and but how like how has that changed your mentality when it comes to maybe not just on your daily basis, but in future goals that you maybe had had at, at that before, you knew you had cancer and mm-hmm. had already like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. has that changed? Oh, 100 percent. I yeah. mean, now for me, like time is of the essence. Like that's it. Like we were talking before we started yeah. the podcast. Uh, I think time is one of those things that we take for granted more than anything, more than anything. I mean. You can go years without checking up on people until something like negative happens and you're like, fuck, it's time to check up on them. It's time to do this. But in reality, yeah. it takes us 30 seconds to text somebody be like, hey, how are you? Just was thinking about you. How you doing? You know, like, let's go grab something to eat or let's go grab a beer. Let's go grab this. It doesn't take much. You know what I mean? And that's something that I think we take for granted a lot. And I think that's something that people think oh we can get time back we can make that time up in the future no you can't i i think it's not just time for granted we take people for granted in general bro like um like you said whenever something happens that's when we 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 start looking out for people and yeah um i had this happen to me last year where like i have i have cousins that don't i mean my family i don't have a lot of family in town from my mom's side of the family that's who i'm really close to yeah so I have cousins down south, and it's like something happened in our, in our in our life last year, and now we're checking up on each other more often. And it's mm-hmm. it's mainly because we're all men, and we like I said, it's, I think it might be a Mexican thing where like 
we try to be like macho and like yeah. oh only when i see you i'm gonna say what's up yeah. or, or stuff like that it's but it's pride. like it it might be pride or just i don't know like like my cheese you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, people sure. people think that we don't we don't need to say yeah. we love each other yeah. like check up on each other yeah. um and that's that, that's something that i feel it has to change in yeah. general not just for mexicans yeah. you know yeah, for I men men, yeah, men yeah, too general, um, yeah we, women are pretty easy to open about stuff and check yeah. up on each other but men are like we're so stuck in our own world like you said mm -hmm. like the you know like uh use time wisely now like instead of fucking us being on on our phones call someone hey what's up bro what are you doing yeah yeah, yeah for um, sure it's, it's for sure and that's the thing is like i now i keep in mind like and i appreciate i mean the entire journey of 2022 I thank God for it, like, because it changed me as a man, spiritually, mentally, and physically. I, I, I tell everybody now, like, if there's one thing I can take away from it, is I'm a fucking different breed now, like, than I was before. Like, before you complain about, oh, like, I'm sore, oh, I have this, oh, I have that. That ain't shit, bro. Because you, you, you've been through hell and back. I think yeah. that's why you, you think everything yeah. else is like nothing. Like, yeah. I, I used to go to work in the fields when I was younger, and that was, like, really hard labor. Oh, for sure. So any job that I had after that, bro, it was, like... Piece of cake. It was a piece of cake, and yeah. now I always compare it to that. Yeah. Anything that I do, even sometimes when, like, uh, I'm at the shop, and maybe my back starts hurting on my yeah. leg, I'm yeah. like, nah, I give you worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So and that's, that's one of those things I think is we need to realize, like, people are important, time is important, and keeping, staying positive your faith i mean i don't know how many people are as religious as me now but i go to church once a week at least at least once a week twice if my mom really wants to go like i yeah. spend a lot of time with my mom now like a lot like sorry uh i wouldn't say i'm a mama's boy but since she was there all of 2020 she stopped working to take care of me like she was my primary caregiver my dad took the load my sisters went on about their life and uh, my mom was the one that gave up everything to be right there. So that, mo that mother, mother's love, bro. yeah, unconditional love. Yeah, and so I try to spend as much time as I can with her. Whenever I do, I try to show her like, hey, we're improving. We're doing better things for ourselves now. Like, you know, me being on, staying on my diet, being strict about it. Like, yeah, I don't go out and fucking buy McDonald's or Jack and Box anymore. None of that shit. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, like, and um, I think it's just appreciating life for the little things like i thank god every single day that i wake up i thank god every single day that i'm home that i get to see my friends that i get to see my family uh that i'm watching my sisters grow up you know because they're at that stage where like they need people around them mm -hmm. like whether it influence them or to show them the way or things like that I'm grateful to like help my dad do his landscaping stuff on the side even though like I think working with your, you know, with your pops or like somebody like your family is is kind of hard because bump heads. Yeah, they don't treat you like employees. They treat you like how they would like treat your you son. Yeah, they <laughs> like yeah. treat you like a son. Um, um, but I mean, shout out to everybody that's you know been there through the entire way, especially like you guys. Like, you know, I remember when you guys washed my truck for free the first time. Like I was back home. I was like, dude, that's the least we could do. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know, cause I I asked you like, well, you know, is there any anything that I could do for you? And you're like, no, like I'm good, bro. You know, just just yeah. pray for me. And I was yeah. like, um, yeah. shit, like it's 
can we do your truck? You know, yeah. I, I couldn't think of anything else yeah. that we could actually yeah. do for you to where yeah. it would benefit you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. one thing, like, what what would you say to someone that's been in your the situation that you were? Like, um, do you have any, any words for them, anyone that's going through it right now? Uh, I guess anybody going through anything really in life, whether it's hard or not uh reach out to people don't hold it in like i think that's a big big thing is a lot of people when they're going through a tough time they hold it in bottle themselves up worst thing you can do worst thing you can do if you don't talk about it if you don't tell anybody anything about it like you're burying yourself pretty much like you're torturing yourself the entire time because i've learned that speaking through friends all that stuff like old friends the new people that I've met along the way, like everybody, like everybody has impacted my life in a positive way. And I think that's something that I tell everybody, like when my friends are feeling down, I'm like, dude, like think about it. Like I tell my friends all the time, like if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be here right now. So you think I want to see you sad? You think I want to see you in the dumps? Like, nah, dude, give me a fucking call. Give me a text. Like it's not that hard. Like I'm not a therapist or I'm not a, you know, I'm not a preacher or anything like that, but no, just being there for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that, like, is a big thing. Like, I met a lot of new friends along the way, especially throughout this entire journey. And uh, I can truly say some of them, like, I think they know who they are, uh, have impacted me in a huge, huge way. Like, motivationally-wise, like, everything. Like, just making me feel like, all right, you know, you're valued, you're important. But it's, for somebody going through it, I think biggest thing is stay positive talk to people check up on your people and just keep pushing wake up in the day and remind yourself what that goal for the end of the day is and go get it like there's there's it's the simplicity in life i think that we take for granted okay you we're know? just surrounded by all this materialistic yeah. and yeah. and stuff that we see online that that yeah. takes us away from from the minimalistic yeah. stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah um i think that is very important that yeah. we we change our mentality to stuff like that. We're being yeah. minimalist. Like yeah. n all this shit is, if, I mean, we're eventually going to go and all this is going to stay here yeah. and it's not going to mean anything to us later yeah. or to maybe the people that we leave it to, you yeah. know, if, if yeah. we've got stuff, yeah. maybe they're not going to cherish things the way we did. So it's yeah. like, why are we so worried about what we wear? Yeah. Um, what we I don't, you know like just materialistic stuff in general and it, yeah. it sucks and i see it now yeah. too <laughs> like yeah. i within yeah. the last year i've i've yeah. opened my eyes to yeah. stuff like that yeah. but um man you know what dude I, i'm so i'm so happy and, and proud that you were yeah. able to you know go to not go through the journey in general but like fight it off and yeah. you were able to succeed yeah. and um total victory for you bro yeah. um fuck Fuck cancer, yeah. bro. Honestly, oh, fuck yeah. cancer, and, and and I'm I'm happy yeah. you're here thank with you. us to this day, and and everything came out good. Yeah. Um, thank you. And thank you for 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 taking your time and, and meeting yeah. up with us and, and doing this. Um, I appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Well, Much love you, to you. Thank it. you for coming. Same you know, yeah. you, uh, you you can always me. get a hold of me. Yeah. You got my number oh, yeah, if, yeah, if anything. Sure, and uh, yeah. and I appreciate you. that. Yeah. Um, before we 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 head out, um, you want to put in your instagram by any chance or you know maybe there's someone out there that's going to watch this and might be going through what you went through and maybe is it okay for them to reach out to you or anything oh yeah for sure um on instagram ivan underscore with the beard uh snapchat ivan el barbas just because 
the beard revolves it's he's yeah. the beard guy yeah. he's the beard man he's got a beautiful beard yeah so again anybody going through tough times needs to just reach out for a word of encouragement feel free um i i never back down anything like that especially if it gets you out of the dumps gets you motivated gets you going for the day like anything helps like feel free to reach out if you guys have any type of questions about the whole like cancer treatment or anything like that feel free I, i'm all for it anybody wants to learn how to ride horses let me know all right you heard you know, of that wendy all, that stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, yeah no, thank, I like i said thank, thank yeah. you so much for being here and um if you guys want to get a hold of us and be a future guest on our podcast go ahead and check out oh check us out on optimize uh podcast on instagram um you could also get a hold of me on optimized detailing account on instagram and uh thank you guys and till next time i appreciate it